2: WPHD WPHD HD W-O-G-L, HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution
3: will be broadcast. broadcast. This dish is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210
2: WPHD. Rich Zioli George!
0: Visits on the border, Trump and Biden, both on the southern border. We'll take it live for us so you can compare and contrast. How does that sound? Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today on a Thursday. Weeks flying by, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here today. I got a busy day, a lot to chat about, and the big story of the day is the border, and that is brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile with two locations to serve you. In Cinnaminson and Woodbury, schedule your free implant consultation today, 856-786-2020 or venereadental.com. Thank you, Dr. Mike Venaria. Uh, as we are getting ready for Trump's visit to the border, I should let you know Dr. Phil was on with Charlemagne the God. Since Matt DeSantis can't get him on this show, he decided to go on with Charlemagne the God. And um, he put a clip of his trip on the border and put it on Facebook and Instagram And turns out uh, they shut it down. Facebook and Instagram suppressed Dr. Phil's border video after it started to go viral. Cut number 12.
4: A scary number. I mean, uh, I'm talking way over 50% of young people get 100% of their news from TikTok. Jesus Christ, that's horrible. 100% of their news. Not like they get some and they don't... they don't verify it a hundred percent of their news from tiktok and <clears throat> i put a clip up of my trip to the border just a small clip it was maybe 20 seconds 30 seconds um i posted it up on um, facebook and instagram and it was a part of me talking to him about trafficking these children and um Maybe 15, 18 seconds. And it was up about 50 minutes and going viral super fast. I mean, like tens of thousands of views in a matter of just a few minutes. It was just going just straight vertical. And then, bang, it just stopped. I mean, it it didn't, like, slow down or, like, people lost interest in it. It stopped and it got it got shut down wow they they just the algorithm they just shut it wow. down and you couldn't see it
2: that happens to a lot of
5: our
4: content too mm-hmm.
5: especially anytime you're talking politics anything like that like, like youtube has been suppressing
4: us for some years now yeah, it was shut down on youtube <laughs> yes. and it was shut yes. down on youtube instagram facebook mm-hmm. how do you feel about that
5: um I, I feel like what you said in chapter seven—we're doing our, our enemies' work for them because you know you're stifling freedom of speech and you're you know not letting people see the truth for themselves.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> no kidding. But with that said, though, some people want more of that to occur. They want more censorship of ideas. They want more of the government to control the narrative. Here is uh, MSNBC legal analyst Barbara McQuaid. She is a University of Michigan Law professor and former U.S. attorney. And she has a new book out called Attack from Within, How Disinformation is Sabotaging America. And she goes on to lament all the freedom of speech we have in this country. Cut number four.
2: Barb, you write about the United States extensively and with a lot of detail, but you also draw in some comparisons from other countries. You talk about other strongman leaders, other countries that have transitioned from a mostly democratic form of government to a less democratic form. D- do you believe the U.S. is particularly vulnerable to, to disinformation or do you believe that we're kind of unexceptional and and, uh, uh, and it's the same? We're, we're as susceptible to it as as every other country. Actually, Rachel, I think we're more susceptible to it than other countries. And that's because some of our greatest strengths can also be our Achilles heel. So,
3: for example, our deep commitment to free speech in our First Amendment, it is a cherished right. It is an important right in democracy and nobody wants to get rid of it. But it makes us vulnerable to claims that anything we try to do to regulate speech is censorship.
0: I'll imagine that. It, 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 it. Well, of course, anything to regulate speech would be censorship, professor. That's obviously if you're regulating speech, that's the very definition of censorship. Clearly it is. So it's like, well, we have this cherished First Amendment right, but uh, it leads to disinformation and misinformation. So we need regulations. And because we have a First Amendment, people don't like regulations. The problem, though, is that we are moving into a place right now where people actually do like regulations on freedom of speech. And it's a very, very troubling trend. And I'm telling you right now, when almost a third of Americans now say the First Amendment goes too far, we have a problem. And the problem is because of professors like that who indoctrinate their students and make them believe that the First Amendment is a basically poison pill that leads to people like Trump and everything else. And so they have to regulate it. The Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, which is our friends over at FIRE, they're right here in Philly. They, they found nearly a third of Americans, bipartisan too say the First Amendment goes too far in all the rights it guarantees. I said, huh, what? The problem right now is that we have been so conditioned to this notion that speech words uh, are bad and can hurt you. Words, Words are like weapons. They wound sometimes, like Cher said until she blocked me on Twitter. Words are like weapons. They wound sometimes. So we have to regulate speech. And in addition to that, of course, misinformation and disinformation is a scary, scary thing. So we have to be able to regulate it. And then they listen to professors giving them all kinds of crazy scenarios, and they turn around and go, yeah, sounds good. Let's start with more regulations. Let's think about it. We are losing the culture of free speech in this country, and the government doesn't want us to have it. That's why they keep using this disinformation argument And they keep throwing it out there so that they can convince us that it's a good thing to have speech regulated so that they can do things like control the narrative on whether it's COVID, vaccines, whether it's the environment, whether it's a Hunter Biden laptop, kids being forced out of school, whatever it is, they can control the narrative on that. And that's what they want. And so they scare you and they tell you things like, well, you know, your kids that your kids see mean words on social media, therefore you should let us regulate speech. And a lot of parents go, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And a lot of young people forget that the real reason why freedom of speech in this country, the the first time it really came under attack was Woodrow Wilson, that vile human being who was president of the United States, who had the Alien and Sedition Act and would incarcerate anybody who uh, spoke out against the war effort. And then the free speech movement was born really on the campus of Berkeley back in the late 60s when people were protesting the Vietnam War. And there were such crackdowns on freedom of speech. Now Berkeley is a hotbed of censorship. It is one of the one of the leading colleges in this country where they cancel speakers and they suppress expression. But it's all about conditioning people to want this and to accept this and then to turn around and go, well, for my own good and for the good of my children, we really should crack down on freedom of speech because otherwise, you know, we might have a situation where we might hear mean things or... We might we might get the, the the wrong ideas on something. I take what New York is doing right now. New York State, they decided to now, they're going to go after meat. Big meat. This is different than the big meat that Fannie Willis went after in Georgia. This is now the New York, well, because they're both prosecutors and I'm just making the the equivalency between Fannie Willis and Letitia James. They both have gone after Donald Trump and they both have gone after big meat. It's just different. This is a different kind of meat. So, what the New York attorney general is doing right now is she's going after America's largest meat manufacturer and saying that they are responsible for climate change. And this is what the left wants to do. They want to shut down freedom of speech. They want to shut down agriculture. These are all the things they want to do for the good of, for the, good of the environment, for the good of uh, humanity and everything else. So the, the world's largest beef producer is now being sued by New York state, because they say that their net zero goals and the net zero goals of New York are not compatible with what they're doing. So she's suing JBS USA, the world's largest producer of beef over the company's emissions and for greenwashing by allegedly misleading the public about its environmental impact. In the announcement, James noted that beef production has the largest greenhouse gas footprint of any major food commodity. And that the animal agriculture accounts for 14.5% of global greenhouse gas emissions, according to the attorney general. Quote, as families continue to face the daily impacts of the climate crisis, they're willing to spend more of their hard-earned money on products from brands that are better for the environment. When companies falsely advertise their commitment to sustainability, they are misleading consumers and endangering our planet. I told you these people want us to eat bugs. It's not a joke. They do. So she's seeking more uh, – she's seeking, I mean, a, a massive penalty. I don't know if it's as big as the penalty they went after Trump with, but I guess the question would be if the American people are so concerned about climate change, like she's saying, why are they still buying meat? And the answer is they're not that concerned, and they also are not buying this correlation that the left keeps pushing out there. But whether it's the evil bond villains at the WEF or the World Trade Organization or it's Letitia James New your attorney general – all these people want the same goal, to shut down agriculture. That's why farmers are protesting everywhere. It's why farmers are pushing back. You see all these protests in the streets trying to defend the rights of farmers. And what are these people trying to do? These people are trying to give our families food at a decent price. But the left hates it. And they, they, they want to shut these people down. And this is a prosecutor who is hell-bent on going after whoever she wants. It doesn't matter. Even if they're not based in New York, it doesn't matter. And this company's not based in New York, by the way. But that, why should that stop them? They're based in Minnesota. Why should that stop a New York attorney general from suing a company in Minnesota? Because the, they sell their products in New York. So therefore, she thinks they're free game. So she'll go after them. And she's turning around now and she's saying that they need to be part of the climate solution. The climate solution, you understand, or they're going to keep taking money out of them. They prey on these people. They really do. They prey on these people. Meanwhile, you are being spied on by your government and they know what you're doing and they know what you're buying. The government really is spying on you and it's perfectly legal. Consumer data has become a lucrative commodity and the U.S. government is buying it up. There's a story in Politico about this and they say the freak out moment that set journalist Byron Tao on a five-year quest to expose the sprawling U.S. data surveillance state occurred over a wine-soaked dinner back in 2018 with a source he cannot name. But he told them the government was buying up reams of consumer data, information scraped from cell phones, social media profiles, internet ad exchanges, and other open sources, and then deploying it for often clandestine purposes like law enforcement and national security in the U.S. and abroad. The places you go, the websites you visit, the opinions you post, all collected and sold to federal agencies. And the new book that he has out, we should try to get him on the show, Matt. It's called Means of Control. The, uh, the, the author details everything he's learned since that dinner. An opaque network of government contractors is peddling troves of data. A legal but shadowy use of American citizens' information that troubles even some of the officials involved. Now, the way it's supposed to work, of course, is the government wants data on you. The government is supposed to get a warrant. That's uh, the pesky little thing in the Constitution that requires the government to get a warrant before they're able to get information on you. Persons, papers, and effects. In my opinion, your data is part of your effects. The government wants it. They can't just go out and buy it. But that's what they're doing, they're buying it. And the author of this political article asked the writer of the book, said, You know, what differentiates the U.S. from authoritarian states like China when it comes to data collection? How our digital footprints will impact policy areas like climate change. He said, any nightmare use for data you can think of will probably eventually happen. It might not happen immediately, but it'll eventually happen. He described essentially a world in which the government had figured out that it could buy the geolocation data of cell phones, millions, possibly even billions of cell phones, mostly collected through apps or online advertisers, and it could use it in a surveillance program. And that's what the Pentagon was experimenting with would eventually stand up and become a full-fledged program within the Department of Defense. So Trump is speaking now, guys. Let's jump into it and uh, take a listen here to what the president's
5: saying. ...for the federal government. All, All right. law enforcement has to work very closely together.
6: All right, we're watching President Trump, but uh, he is speaking right now. We're having some audio issues with him. Let's listen to Donald Trump.
3: Secure, and it's going to be even more secure by the time you finish, which will be soon. And I just want to thank some friends of mine. Brandon Judd has been a friend from Day one, he knew what we were all about and uh, knew what we were saying and doing, and I think we were ahead of our time. And uh, General Thomas Sulzer was uh, somebody that was always right there and understands this uh, Texas military department about as well as you could have. I think he understands war, because that's what you're in, you're in a war. And William Mike Gorby, you know who he is, and he's been fantastic. It's just an incredible group that you've put together, fortunately. Uh, I might ask uh, Brandon to say a couple of words, because right at the beginning, we were uh, we were into it. We saw what was happening, and the governor was there, and then he really, he really stepped it up. It's been amazing. Uh, I came when I was lucky enough to receive his endorsement. I endorsed him also, and uh, very proudly endorsed him. And uh, a lot of things have happened in the last little while, but this is an incredible operation. Uh, Brandon, would you like to say a couple of words, please? Absolutely.
5: Thank you, sir. President, thank you. Thank you, uh, Sir, I, wa- I want you to know, your agents, my agents, they're mad as hell, absolutely mad that President Biden went to Brownsville, Texas, rather than going to Arizona, rather than going to San Diego, California, rather than coming to Eagle Pass, Texas which has been the epicenter. What President Trump has seen right here is he's seen how his policies have worked, but he's also seen how he can expand upon those policies once he takes goes back into the White House. He has seen how Governor Abbott has been able to use his policies to secure this specific area, the epicenter of the last two years of the illegal border crisis that we have had to endure. And your agents, President, they are pissed. Border Patrol agents are upset that we cannot get the proper policy that is necessary to protect human life, to protect American citizens, to protect the people that are crossing the border illegally. We want to protect them as well. And we can't do that because President Biden's policies continue to invite people to cross here. Thank goodness we have a governor like Governor Abbott. Thank goodness we have somebody that's willing to run for President of the United States Forgo everything else that he's been doing To serve the American people president. Thank you
3: The Reports have come out and we've been covering them and everybody's been and I Spoke to the parents of an incredible young lady and you you saw her the other day You saw what happened the other day in Georgia and the parents are devastated. They're incredible people But this is a joe biden invasion this is a biden invasion over the past three years i call him crooked joe because he's crooked he's a terrible president the worst president our country's ever had probably the most incompetent president we've ever had but it's uh allowing thousands and thousands of people to come in from china iran yemen the congo syria and a lot of other nations many nations are not very friendly to us he's transported the entire columns of uh, fighting-aged men, and they're all at a certain age. And you look at them and say, they look like warriors to me. Something's going on that's bad. Now the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. It's migrant crime. We call it Biden migrant crime, but that's a little bit long. So we'll just leave it. But every time you hear hear the term migrant crime, you know where that comes from, allowing thousands and thousands and actually millions and millions of people to come. Could be 15 million, could be 18 million by the time he uh, gets out of office, because hopefully the biggest risk we have is nine months. That's a long time. A lot of bad things can happen. As I always say, In speeches and rallies it's if you take the 10 worst presidents in the history of our country and You added them all up all of the problems all of the lousy jobs they've done. You can add them all up It's not as bad as this one Man has done for our country what he's done to our country is he's destroying our country Uh, We were just talking before we were the general was saying I can't believe he can't believe What's happening? He can't believe it's so sad last year almost Half of all ICE arrests were criminal aliens charged for more than 33,000 assaults, 3,000 robberies, 6,900 burglaries, 7,500 weapons crimes. This is all migrant crime. 4,300 sex crimes, 1,600 kidnappings and 1,700 homicides and murders. These are the people that are coming into our country and they're coming from jails and they're coming from prisons and they're coming from mental institutions and they're coming from insane asylums and they're terrorists. They're being led into our our country. And uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And you know, I know many of the leaders of these other countries that are doing it. And it's not just South America, it's all over the world, the Congo. A very big population coming in from jails from the Congo. You look at the jails now, you take a look at the jails throughout the region, but more importantly, throughout the world, they're emptying out because they're dumping them into the United States. And these guys try and make like, oh, isn't it wonderful? They don't have a clue. I think they're looking for votes. They're looking for something. Nobody's really been able to tell me how anybody could want it. You know, you're always in business. You always want to understand the other side. Uh, you want to figure it out so you can do something that's good or bad, depending on what you're looking for. But nobody can explain to me, because everybody I speak to says how horrible it is, nobody explained explain to me how allowing millions of people from places unknown, from countries unknown, who don't speak languages. We have languages coming into our country. We have nobody that even speaks those languages. They're, they're truly foreign languages. Nobody speaks them. And they're pouring into our country and they're bringing with them tremendous problems, including medical problems. As you know, we had title two and we had different things to solve that problem. But they've terminated all of that. Even the judge couldn't believe it. The judge said, no, no, you can't do that. It would be horrible to do that. And he let it go. And but he said in six months, it expires and uh, it expired. And that's it. So I just think you're doing an incredible uh, job. Just one week ago, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia was barbarically attacked, almost unrecognizable, while she was out on her morning run. She was a morning run. She was doing a keep herself in shape. She was a beautiful young woman. She was a great person, best nursing student there was. I spoke to her parents yesterday. They're incredible people. They're devastated beyond beyond. Belief, But she was beautiful, just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten, kidnapped and savagely murdered. The monster that charged uh, charging the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary because she's no longer relevant, I guess. She was terrible, but he is, what he is doing is just unbelievable. Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name, but we will say it and we will remember it. We're not going to forget her. It's been just a horrible story that we've had to live with for the last few days. It's hard to believe. And her parents are just, they can never be the same. Great people. Just four days ago, an illegal alien in Louisiana was arrested for brutally raping a 14-year-old girl while holding a knife to her throat, and he then allegedly robbed a man who was getting out of his car in front of his home and repeatedly stabbed him in the face, in the back, in the face many, many times before police found this person standing in the middle of a street, all covered with blood, standing over the blood of the man he was attacking. Last year, a sadistic illegal alien criminal who was released into our country by Joe Biden was arrested for raping an 11-year-old girl and strangling her to death in Pasadena, Texas. And shortly before she was murdered, she texted her father that someone was knocking at the door. He arrived home from work and found his daughter's body stuffed in a laundry basket underneath the bed. Horrible. Crooked Joe is the blood of countless innocent victims. It's so many stories to tell, so many horrible stories. Three years ago, we had the most secure border in history. Brandon was saying it, the general was saying it. We had the most secure border, and people weren't coming because they knew they weren't going to get in. And we weren't promising free education, free medical, free everything. I mean, every, all the promises that are made, no wonder they come. I mean, uh, you look at what this governor, Newscom from California, isn't that his name, Nuscombe? Uh, what he's done to California is unbelievable. People are pouring in. They think they're going to get medical aid. And our soldiers, our vets, aren't being taken care of. But people that come into our country illegally are. We ended catch and release. We built 571 miles of border wall, much more than I promised I'd build. And in addition, we purchased another 200 miles. And uh, they sold that, much of it for five cents on the dollar. And it's the best wall, the same wall that you're using, right. because the governor's now building... A lot of wall also. And it works. Walls work. Walls and wheels, I always said. It's one thing never gets obsolete, a wall and a wheel. Everything else is obsolete about two weeks after you come up with it. We got Mexico to give us 28,000 soldiers to take care of our border. We had the safest border in the history of our country. And now, outside of this area where Texas has done an amazing job, and in a pretty short period of time, they're going to have it all covered. Uh, they have just been incredible. What they, The operation that sh- they showed me is nothing less than incredible. And I'll say this, uh, it's a military operation. I mean, we have a military, this is like a war. It's a military operation. So we had Remain in Mexico, remember that? You can't come into our country, and Mexico agreed to it, and I'll tell you someday I'll tell you why. Safe, safe third agreements, asylum bans, title 42, and rapid removals. But Title 42 was so important. Rapid removal so important. But the best was remain in Mexico. You stay in Mexico. We had catch and release in Mexico. We had catch before that. It was catch and release a criminal, and they released him in the United States. We had no more catch and release. Our catch and release was we released him in Mexico. And if you broke the law, we caught you, we deported you, or we did something else. But we were doing a great job. And uh, that's where it stood. And then we had an election that, uh, we ended up getting many millions of more votes than we did. We did much better in 2020 than we ever even thought about doing in 2016 and very bad things happened. And from that moment on, it was a whole different ball game in Texas and all over, but the governor in Texas picked up the ball and they've done an incredible job. And I'll tell you, it's an honor to be here. I brought some people here, some executives from New York, cause they're, they're marveling at it too. And, uh, you're doing your job now we have to find out what's going on on the side each side because arizona is not doing their job you have a democrat liberal or more than that governor that probably doesn't want to do anything so people are just pouring in through arizona and they're pouring in through uh the uh the beautiful state the once beautiful state it's still beautiful i guess but they have a lot of crime and a lot of problems california because uh the governor's not doing his job in California. He's doing a terrible job. He talks a good game. You know, he talks about how wonderful things are, but he's wrong. And they have a big outflow of people, people that pay taxes, people that don't commit crime. They're leaving. A lot of them are leaving. So I just want to thank the governor. I want to thank this incredible group of talent behind me. And we just went through a, uh, we just went through something very, very special. Uh, we, we did a, a tour and we did it through all sorts of cameras. They're all over the place. I don't know. They're in the sky. They're in satellites. They're on the top of those light poles. They're all over the place. And you really have it done. And I'm very appreciative of it, Governor. You did a great job. And you're my friend. And it's an honor to have your support and your endorsement. And likewise, me to you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Thank you.
6: Well, first of all, thank you, uh, President Trump, for being back in Texas. Uh, You you being here shows that Today is a day of an extraordinary contrast. We have President Trump back in the state of Texas, literally on the border itself, a place that he's been to many times, uh, talking about all the things that he's done to secure the border. At the very same time, we have President Biden down in Brownsville, Texas, which was an obligatory visit by him. He'd never been to the border. In fact, I don't think he's on the border itself right now. He's in some sanitized location in the Brownsville area, not seeing the razor wire that Texas has put up around Brownsville. And he announced that he was going to Brownsville after it was already known that President Trump was coming to the state of Texas. It just goes to show that Biden does not care about either Texas or the border and what's going on. As a result, you see a disaster. The United States of America is dealing with more deadly consequences than we have in our entire lifetime because of Joe Biden's policies on the border. And it did not have to be this way. As President Trump just talked, there were four policies that he put in place that led to the lowest illegal border crossings in about four decades. The end of catch and release, the Title 42 policy, the Remain in Mexico policy, in building the border wall. All Joe Biden had to do to secure the border was to keep in place what President Trump put in place in the first place. But instead, what Joe Biden did, he signed executive orders eliminating all of the effective policies that President Trump put in place. And then Joe Biden, Joe Biden did something even worse. Joe Biden lied to America when he told America that he needed Congress to pass laws for him to be able to do something about the border. Because there are three laws that Congress has already passed that are on the books right now that Biden could and should enforce. One is a law that that requires the Biden administration to deny illegal entry into the United States, like what Texas is doing right here and like what President Trump did. He's not denying illegal entry. President Biden is aiding and abetting illegal entry. The second law is requires the president's administration to detain anybody who does get here illegally. Biden is not detaining them. He's releasing them across the, ent- the entire country. The third law that Congress already has on the books is a law that requires the Biden administration to build border barriers like what Texas has built, like what President Trump has built, And Biden not only is not building any borders, Biden is using every tool that he can to tear down the borders that Texas is putting up in our state. And because what Biden is doing has endangered our country, as President Trump was telling you the stories, not a week goes by without an American either losing their life, being raped or assaulted, by somebody that Biden has allowed in our country illegally. The fact of the matter is, because of Joe Biden's policies, and the more than eight million people who have crossed the border, the United States of America is being invaded. And because Joe Biden is not doing his job to step up and secure the border, Texas has invoked the authority provided to us in Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution to declare an invasion, and for Texas to defend ourselves from the crimes that are being caused by Joe Biden. Very quickly, here's what Texas is doing. Texas is the only state in the history of America to build our own border wall. And we did not reinvent the wheel. We're just building the very same wall that President Trump put up. Second, we deployed those big orange buoys into the Rio Grande that are effective at denying illegal entry. And Joe Biden filed a lawsuit to try to put a stop to it. Even though that lawsuit is typing in the courts right now, those buoys remain in the Rio Grande River as we speak right now. The third thing is we have tremendous members of the Texas National Guard led by General Seltzer. and general, thank you. And also I want to take this time to thank uh, 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 Martin Freeman from uh, the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety and Mike Banks Where we have our own border czar, Mike Banks has spent uh, more time uh, as the Texas border czar in one day than the United States border czar has spent in our entire tenure. And I want to thank Mike Banks for his, his job as a former border patrol agent and now as the Texas border czar. But what our National Guard has done, they have sealed off this entire park and taken it over. Because this area was being used by the Biden administration to violate the laws of the United States of America. And I said, I will not allow this Texas land to be used by the Biden administration to violate American laws. And I asked the National Guard to take it over, and they did in one day. But this is the important fact. Since they took it over, the number of people that used to come across the border before were 3,000, 4,000, sometimes 5,000 people a day. Now, since this park has been taken over and wired shut, there is, on average, about six or seven people coming across a day. Most of them are in violation of state law for trespassing, and they are arrested uh, when they come into this park. And so, for all practical purposes, this part of the border is sealed. Same goes for where Joe Biden is right now. Where Joe Biden is, on, on the, the night that Joe Biden lifted Title 42, Brownsville, Texas, was ground zero where people were crossing across the border illegally. And immediately, the Texas National Guard wired that shut. So an area during the time of Joe Biden before Title 42 was, uh, or when Title 42 was lifted, there were thousands of people coming across the border. Now there is, on average, about 14 people crossing the border in that area. And that's because the Texas National Guard has wired it shut. Because we are having to do so much to secure our border, that's exactly why five miles south of here, Texas has now launched its own Texas National Guard military base that will house 2,300 Texas National Guard. So they will be able to more swiftly and more effectively continue to secure a border. And the last thing I'll say is this. Unless and until Joe Biden steps up and does his job, that he has the power to do already to enforce the laws of the United States of America, Texas will continue to bust those migrants to sanctuary cities all across the United States of America. Good. Send him I to Lancaster City. For the model set by President Trump. President Trump showed that when he was in office, he was able to secure the border. And I know that when he is reelected as our president, our border will once again be secured. So thank you, President Trump. Thank you very much. introduce one
4: person,
6: Sure. At this time, I would like to introduce you uh, to uh, the person leading the. the, uh, All right, let me jump out of this for just a
0: moment in case Trump takes some questions. I want to make sure you get to hear those. So uh, we'll take a quick break. Let me just uh, quickly tell you about my friends at Emmons Roofing and Siding because they are outstanding with the work that they do. And I'm so grateful for all the work Emmons has done. Emmons has become a one-stop shop for all of your roofing, siding, windows, solar, and now baths and kitchens. Emmons can install a new bathroom in as little as one day. You heard me right, one day. Have the new bathroom you want in as little as one day with a, without uh, really much interruption uh, at all. Minimal downtime. Trust the team at Emmons that I have used in my own home for uh, many projects, including the roof, windows, doors, siding, and yes, they remodeled our kitchen and our bathroom in our former home. Do you have a property at the shore, we'll have the team at Emmons come out and take a look at the roof now. Small winter leaks can lead to big costly repairs when the warm weather hits. So call 856-556-3229 today for a free estimate or go online to EmmonsRoofing.com or EmmonsRemodeling.com for their incredible remodeling projects. You will love the work they do on your kitchen and your bathroom. Uh, call them today or visit the Emmons Design Showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. That's EmmonsRoofing.com. Be sure to tell them I sent you. They will take great care of you, and they will do an outstanding job. Um, Is Trump taking questions right now, Matt? It looks like he might be... Uh, um yeah trying I, to hang on let me see if i can find another feed because the one that we're using has george p bush on george, right nobody now. wants to hear from george p bush no. nobody all right we'll do this we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back we'll get uh trump taking some questions from the press
4: call from mom answer it call silenced
6: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
2: 12, to follow 1210 WPHT on the free Odyssey app.
1: Download
0: it now. All right, let's jump in here. President Biden is speaking. You can compare and contrast the uh, the two speeches here. Take a listen.
1: lives to save others. And we urge, we urge folks to listen to the warnings from the local officials. Listen to them. I've flown over a lot of these wildfires since I've been president. As a matter of fact, I've been a helicopter in the west and the southwest and northwest, flown over more land burned to the ground, all the vegetation gone, than the entire state of Maryland in square footage. The idea there's no such thing as climate change, I love that, man. I love some of my Neanderthal friends uh, who still think there's no climate change. Well, my administration is going to keep building on the progress we've made fighting climate crisis, and we're going to keep help folks rebuild themselves in the wake of these disasters. And we rebuild to the standards that are up, the up-to-date standards and building codes and the rest. Because a lot, of, if you fly over these areas that are burned to the ground, you'll see in the midst of 20 homes that are just totally destroyed, one home sitting there because they had the right roof on it. And anyway, since I took office, FEMA provided Texas alone over $13 billion. $13 billion in three years in disaster relief after fires and winter storms across this state. And when disasters strike, there's no red state or blue state where I come from. They're just communities and families looking for help. So we're standing with everyone, everyone affected by these wildfires. I'm going to continue to help you respond and recover. Now, turning to the purpose of my visit. I want to thank Congressman Gonzalez. We're, there you are, pal. I, I, thank him. I thank him for the passport into his district, but uh, he's been a great partner. I also want to thank Mayor, Mayor, Mayor Cowan for his partnership, and I want to thank County Judge Trevino I, uh, for over 30 and over 30 local officials who've joined us here today. No one, no one works harder for a safe, secure border than all of you. And Secretary Mayorkas has joined us today, and he's joined by seven mayors in cities and towns across South Texas. Four county judges here from across the state. I told the county judge that I used to be a county official. That's the hardest job in American politics. You know why? They think you can do everything, you don't have the budget. So anyway. <laughs> but, and the two leaders from the Texas legislature, State House Leader Trey is here, Trey Martinez Fisher, and the state Senate leader, Carol Alvadero. Uh, And, uh, look, uh, and all the other local officials that are here today, I want to say thanks. Folks, it's real simple. It's time to act. It's long past time to act. I just received a briefing from the Border Patrol at the border, as well as immigration and enforcement, asylum officers, and they're all doing incredible work under really tough conditions, really tough conditions. They told me what they — what you already know and we already know. They desperately need more resources say it again, they desperately need more resources, need more agents, more officers, more judges, more equipment in order to secure our border. Folks, it's time for us to move on this. We can't wait any longer. Folks, on my first day as President, I introduced a bill I sent to Congress, a comprehensive plan to fix the broken immigration system and to secure the border. But no action was taken. Then, months ago, my team began a serious negotiation in a bipartisan group of senators, Democrat-leading conservative Republicans and de- progressive Democrats, and it resulted in a compromise bill that's the toughest set of border security reforms we've ever seen in this country. It's pretty basic. With this deal, we could hire 1,500 additional border security agents, 1,500 additional office- and officers, and between ports of entry. For the last four years, staffing has been roughly that, flat, just flat. Agents working overtime, spending long hours patrolling the border, making major sacrifices. And I know it takes a big toll on them and their families. That's why, in December, I signed a bill finally getting Border Patrol agents, what I've been pushed by and reminded by the congressman, overtime pay they deserve. Finally getting overtime pay. I I mean, it's ridiculous it took this long. It was long past time, and I was proud to do it, but we need to do more. It's time to step up. It's time to step up, provide them with significantly more personnel and capability. We also need more immigration judges to help handle the backlog. There are 2 million cases. Backlog of 2 million cases. This bipartisan deal would provide funding for 100 more immigration judges immediately. Will also establish new efficient and fair process for the government to consider asylum claims for those arriving on our border today. The process to get a decision on an asylum claim takes five to seven years. Now you all know it down here, but the people around the country don't understand it. It's far too long. You come in, you say you say I have a credible fear, and, and we've changed that standard to make it hard. We want a change to change, make it harder, and what happens? You say, well, OK, you can win the country, but come back in five to seven years, maybe as many as eight years, and you get a hearing from before a judge to determine whether you can stay. This will encourage more people. This encourages more people to come to the country. If they get by the first, say, they got another five, seven, eight years before they have to do anything because they know they cannot handle the caseloads quickly, and they'll be able to stay in this country in the meantime. With new policies in this bill, and the addition of 4,300 additional asylum officers, we'll be able to reduce that process to less than six months. That would have a serious deterrent effect on those coming north. When when the criminal gangs say, we'll get you north, what's 8,000 bucks? They say, no, wait, let me get this straight. I'm going to go north. It's going to cost me six, eight, probably closer to eight, I guess, thousand dollars equivalent. And I'm going to get there. And in six months, they may be able to get rid of me. I don't know, man. Six months, seven years — two different things. A person who's thinking about entering the United States understands the cases to be decided in a few weeks or months instead of five to seven years, they're less likely to come in the first place. They're not going to pay the cartels thousands of dollars to make that journey. Knowing that it will be turned around quickly. Look, then we also need more cutting-edge inspection machines to detect and stop fentanyl from entering the United States of America. A year ago, I stood at the border in El Paso, and I watched these machines at work. They were able to detect everything from fentanyl to weapons to people being smuggled in cargo containers. This this compromise bill would provide an additional four three four hundred twenty four million million for 100 more of these machines and could save lives in the process. This compromise legislation will also give me as president or any of the next president emergency authority to temporarily shut down the border between ports of entry when the numbers of immigrants and migrants, excuse me, overwhelm the border, starting straining the Border Patrol's ability to process them. At the same time, at our legal ports of entry, like here in Brownsville, we're making investments in infrastructure. My bipartisan infrastructure law is going to provide nearly $4 new dollars to boost security, to ease waiting times, at land and ports of entry, like Brownsville. And I want to thank, again, Congressman Gonzalez, helping me get that through and get that passed as the, the law, that you get the money for the — for example, that's how you get the money for the Gateway Bridge from that fund. Folks, the bipartisan border security deal is a win for the American people, and it's a win for the people of Texas, and it's fair for those who legitimately have a right to come here to begin with. It's a win for the people of Brownsville, and I believe that's why the Border Patrol Union endorsed it. I believe that's why the National Chamber of Commerce — the National Chamber of Commerce endorsed it, not known as the Democratic Organization with a capital D. Look, and that's why the Wall Street Journal endorsed it as well. This is a truly bipartisan initiative. That's why the bipartisan South Texas Alliance of Cities endorsed it. folks. <coughs> I didn't get I didn't get everything I wanted in that compromise bipartisan bill, but neither did anybody else. Compromise is part of the process. That's how democracy works. That's how it's supposed to work. Compromise is a very positive step on a critical issue for the country, all those issues for the country. And folks here in Brownsville and all along the border know that we need to have their backs, your backs. I want the people to understand clearly what happened here. This bill was in the United States Senate. It was on its way to being passed. Then it was derailed by rank-and-file politics, rank-partisan politics. The U.S. Senate needs to reconsider this bill, and those senators who oppose it need to set politics aside and pass it on merits, not on whether it's going to benefit one party or benefit the other party. It's about whether it benefits the American people. It's what the American people deserve. And the Speaker of the House needs to put this bill on the floor, because if he put it on the floor, unrestricted, it would pass. The majority of Democrats and Republicans in both houses support this legislation until someone came along and said, don't do that. It'll benefit the incumbent. That's a hell of a way to do business in America for such a serious problem. We need to act. It's time for the speakers and some of my Republican friends in Congress who are blocking this bill to show a little spine, pass a bipartisan board. Bipartisan. All right. That's you know enough. Remember? That's bipartisan. all I can
0: take. I can't take any more of this. There's so many lies here in this speech. First of all, Biden has been saying and over and over again, talking about legal points of entry, legal ports of entry. We're talking about the illegal ports of entry. That's the issue here. Illegal ports of entry. We're not talking about the legal points of entry. We're not. And he's going on about how the backlog in the immigration system. That's the immigration system again. That's what he's talking about. The immigration system. The issue is the open border. The issue is the invasion that is happening at the border. Biden also lied and said, he needs power to close the border. He has all those powers now, and he undid all the things Trump did. The other thing is he kept saying, oh, you know, if you're paying a cartel $8,000 to bring you into the country and you, you, you might get kicked out in six months, they, they may not want to pay the money to come here. You, you could just have them remain in Mexico now while they're awaiting their asylum claims. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are paying the cartels to smuggle them into the country illegally, and then they disappear. They're not worried about going before an immigration judge, you buffoon. They're worried about just sneaking and disappearing into America. And he goes on, he says, a Wall Street Journal endorsed it. The Chamber of Commerce endorsed it. Of course, that's the usual suspects. But what we're talking about is the open border at the Texas wide open, and you're suing them to try to get rid of razor wire to keep the border secure. This is a joke. This speech is loaded with so many lies. Oh, my God. I thought I was talking over it, but my mic was on. My mic was off. So I was talking to myself because I didn't realize my mic was off. But basically, he's blaming Republicans again. Partisan politics derailed the border deal. And I kept saying, even though my mic was off, it's about Ukraine funding. Ukraine funding is what the border bill is. It's not about the American border. It has nothing to do with the bipartisan border deal. It's a Ukraine deal. And also, too, the fact of the matter is he keeps talking about equipment to scan for fentanyl. Dude, the problem is not fentanyl coming in through legal points of entry. It's fentanyl coming in illegally illegally through the wide open southern border. That's the issue. You see how they twist this? You see the game that's played here? So there's two contrasting speeches. Obviously, the, the hopefully future president and the hopefully former president here, Joe Biden, speaking, and they could not be more a part on this issue. Donald Trump is addressing the open border in Texas. He's addressing the crisis that is occurring at the border, where people are crossing illegally into the United States. And the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, said the deterrents that are being used, this administration right now, Biden is trying to take those down, razor wire, and also the buoys in the river to keep people from crossing illegally. Biden goes on and on talking about the immigration system. Again, it's not about the immigration system. It is about the open border. They're two separate things. And if you want to keep people out of this country, then keep them out of this country. Tell them remain in Mexico, remain in Mexico if they're uh, until their asylum claim is heard. But those are the people that come here through legal ports of entry. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the wide open southern border. And that's what Biden's not addressing because he doesn't want to address it. He's not addressing it. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. We got 30 minutes of nonstop talk straight ahead for you. Don't go away. Spring is approaching fast. It's time for you to get into shape and ready for the warmer weather for over a decade. NJ Diet has helped thousands of people lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. That's nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections and without any of those nasty side effects. NJ Diet uses your hair and saliva along with scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements to get you to shed that fat quickly. Then NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help you keep the weight off. You are fully supervised the entire time to make sure you are burning fat and not just losing water. You even get the doctor's personal email and phone number. Locations close by in King of Prussia, Cherry Hill and Newark, or available from home with live online video consultations. Call 855-5NJ-DIET, 855-5NJ-DIET, or schedule your consult today at NJDiet.com.
2: Get ready for spring weather with NJDiet.com.